0: Who would have thought that I'd be talking to only the teenagers? Well, it might be that God has engineered this because the teenagers are the ones who need to hear it the most. Yes. Okay. You guys, let's pray, and then I'm going to do some teaching. This is basically a teaching lesson, teaching. So feel free to ask questions. Speak up. Okay? Okay. All right. Father God, thank you for this day. Father God, thank you for everybody here. Father God, I just pray that you would open their ears and their hearts, Father God, to hear what you're trying to tell them. And Father God, I pray that you would speak through me. Let your Holy Spirit lead, Father God, because as you know, things went a little haywire. Um, We just thank you, Father God, and we give you all the glory and honor and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. So last night. I was trying to type up my sermon, right? I was getting ready to print it. And guess what? The program I was using to type it crashed. I lost the whole thing. So as you can see, I never do this. But this is what I'm using today, my notes, okay? So... Is. Psst! Guess what I heard? What do you think that means? Right. I'm going to teach on gossip and how it can destroy relationships. But I also want to. Yes? It is for the boys. (laughs) Hey. I have sat at the table and heard the boys talking about things that were totally inappropriate many times. So yes, it is for the boys. All right. So, I also want to teach not this week, but probably next week and maybe a couple of weeks after, th- you know, a couple of weeks after that. It's going to be sort of like a little s- series. It may be only one or two and it's going to be every other week. But next time, I'm going to teach on the power of the tongue and how using it the wrong way, this ties in with what Taya had to say as well, um, can seriously destroy relationships um, and as well without gossip at all. Just using your tongue can destroy a relationship. It can, des- it can actually, um, with people who are not as strong as we are, it can actually tear them down and make them feel pretty destroyed and shamed as well. Um, first, though, because I want to give the definition of gossip, because I have to be honest, uh, my understanding of gossip was not complete. So in the Webster's Dictionary, gossip says, number one, idle talk or rumor. Idle talk or rumor. So it's not just talking about other people, but it's just idle talk has no value or no meaning, okay? I'll get to that. Um, Especially, idle talk or rumor, especially about the private affairs of others, okay? Something that's nobody else's business. Number two, a person given to such talk is called a gossip. Number three, to relate or spread gossip. Now, the biblical definition of, definition of gossip, I had to kind of pull it together from what I found in the Bible dictionary and, and that, but it's, it said, gossip, betrayal of a confidence. When people spread secrets, whether true or false, they are engaging in gossip and are to be avoided. A trustworthy pers- person will keep the matter to the self. In other words, a person given to gossip is not considered trustworthy. Actually the word says gossip is, whether what's being said is true or not, a sin. Okay? Um, and Matthew in Matthew let me tell you how gossip can first, let me tell you how gossip can kinda hurt people. When I was a teenager, I wasn't the smartest tool or the sharpest tool in the shed about everything. Um, and I, okay, so here, here, I let's put it this way. I had a reputation as a slut before I'd ever been intimate with a man, okay? And people didn't want to hang around me. And it hurt me when I heard people talking like that about me because it wasn't true. I may, I mean, it may have seemed to them that it was true because they probably put something together that wasn't there. But it hurts, okay? When you talk about people, it hurts. Um, Matthew twelve thirty three through thirty six says, "Either make uh, oh the Bible." I wanted to say too that the Bible also talks about our how our words reveal our character, okay? Um, Matthew tw- twelve thirty three through thirty six says, "Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad." For the tree is known by its fruit. So is what comes out of your mouth fruit or vinegar? You brood of vipers, how can you being evil? Now, Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees here. How can you being evil speak what is good? For the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. Okay? Now, even though we are not the Pharisees, we are saved we still have bitterness and dark thoughts. And out out of those thoughts, those thoughts come, come out of our mouth. So verse 35 says, The good man brings out of his good treasure what is good, and the evil man brings out of his evil treasure what is evil. But I tell you, and this is important, everybody needs to hear this. I tell you, every careless word that people speak, they will give an accounting for it in the day of judgment. Okay, this is Jesus speaking. In other words, every word we speak will have to account for when we when we go to the judgment seat. Now, don't get me wrong; it's not because we could go to hell for it. It's because God. Uh, it says in the Word, uh, every every our works and deeds. Will be put before the judgment seat, and that's how our rewards are determined. Okay. So, um, the uh, I even looked up the word, the definition of account in this context. It's um, a report of events or situations. Number two, give an explanation of. Number three, give a reason or a basis for. So we're going to have to talk to God about the stuff we said and say why we said it. So we need to be able to account, say the reason. For instance, if we're making fun of somebody or saying, you know, they got off the short bus, you know, we're going to have to give account for that. We're going to have to give account to every word that we say to people. Okay? Um That right there tells me I need to watch what comes out of my mouth. I don't want to stand before God and explain why I was telling people things that were none of their business, or mine for that matter, or have to explain why I ripped someone to shreds over something they did instead of stating what they did and why it wasn't okay. And we're talking about people that hurt you or sin against you or do something maybe that you feel is wrong. It's OK to come to that person and tell them that what you feel what, th- what they did was wrong and, and how or why you think it's wrong. But you don't need to put them down and make them feel about this big in the process. OK? Um, I don't know about you, but I have the ability to make people f- feel smaller than a rock stuck in the bottom of my shoe with my tongue. And I'm going to have to explain why it was OK to do that. Because the word says our works will be judged, not for salvation, mind you. But when I get to heaven, I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, not well. Right? So before I open my mouth, I need to ask myself, what is what I am about to say going to accomplish? Honestly, pick every word that you're going to say apart. Me too. Thinking about is this going to help anything or hurt? Am I, the on, am I only thinking of the final goal, or am I thinking about the process used to get there? So let's look at some more scripture about gossip. Okay, Proverbs 18.8 says, The words of a whisperer are like dainty morsels, and they go down, down into the innermost parts of the body. Okay, So what people hear, it goes down inside of them, right? And this is what comes out of them and it doesn't always come out the way they heard it either. So, Proverbs 16:20. For lack of wood, the fire goes out, and where there is no whisperer, contention quiets down. Proverbs 11:13 says, he who goes about as a talebearer reveals secrets, but he who is trustworthy conceals a matter. The New interva- International version puts those 3 verses this way. Proverbs 11.13, a gossip goes around telling secrets, but those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. And Proverbs 26.20, fire goes out without wood and quarrels disappear when gossip stops. Proverbs 16.28, a troublemaker plants seeds of strife. A gossip separates intimate friends. Proverbs 20.19, he who goes about, you can see the Bible has a lot to say about gossip, He who goes about as a slanderer reveals secrets, therefore do not associate with a gossip. In 1 Timothy 5.13, he was talking about the widows here, but it could apply to anyone. Um, At the same time, they also learn to be idle as they go around from house to house, and not merely idle, but also gossips and busybodies, talking about things not proper to mention. That's another way to discern whether what you're you're going to say should be said as if it's appropriate or proper. Because not everything that comes out of my mouth is appropriate or proper. Now, sometimes you got to be blunt. you got to speak the truth. But you can buffer it a little bit. Um, I don't believe. I'm I'm the type of person I really don't beat around the bush. I kind of say it like it is. And sometimes it needs to be said like it is, but it can be said gently, you know, and explain the context and discuss it instead of making it sound like you're beating the person up. Okay. Um, First Timothy six twenty, Paul's instructing Timothy, and it says, "O oh Timothy, guard what has been entrusted to you, avoid avoiding worldly and empty chatter." and the opposing arguments of what is falsely called knowledge. So before we go tell anyone anything about someone else, whether it's true or not, (coughs) we need to ask ourselves, what am I trying to accomplish by saying this? And what could happen, good or bad, if I say it? And if someone were to say it about me, what I am about to say, how would it make me feel? How would I feel? Is what I'm saying going to help the person I'm talking to or about? Um, am I trying to make myself feel better? What is the reason for me opening my mouth in the first place? Am I trying to make myself look good by putting others down? What's what's your motive here? Because the motives, God look at, looks at our hearts and our motives, okay? And we can't hide it from him. So, let's see. Generally speaking also, if this is something I'm guilty of, oh, this is something I'm guilty of, not if. If the person you're talking about is not present to defend themselves, then it shouldn't be said. Okay? Also, if you didn't see what you're talking about happen with your own eyes, and even if you did sometimes, it should not be said. Because it's just slander. If you didn't see it happen, if you're just repeating what somebody else said, you don't even know if it's true. So don't say it, Okay, That's how I got the reputation I had. People uh, saw me go out. I was at a dance at Aldais. People saw me go out to the car with a guy and immediately assumed. We jumped in that car and, but we didn't. How do you tell them that? You know, what are they going to believe? So that's what I'm saying. Don't jump to conclusions. Don't assume. There is a little verse, and I'm at the risk of using this language. (laughs) There's a little saying that says, don't assume. It makes an ass out of you and me by the spelling of the word. Okay? So, um, even if we were hurt by something someone else did, unless it's a crime that should be reported, the only person we should talk to about it is God, and then that person. Sometimes it's okay to bounce things off of a trusted friend to get godly advice, but even then we don't need to know mention any names. That's, that's the easy way to keep gossip out of it. They might be able to guess who you're talking about, but... Um, There used to be an old saying, and here's where we get to the definition of idle, Okay, There used to be an old saying that went like this. Idleness is the devil's playground, Okay, The definition of idle talk is talk of no real worth, Okay, Idleness means to pass time doing nothing, Okay, Which at times, idleness can be good if it's intentional for resting purposes. But making a habit of it gives the devil an opportunity to jump in and start trouble. These next scriptures also tie into what I'll be teaching next time. <coughs> but these are just some things to think about um, also. Uh, concerning someone who has sinned or hurt us, the word tells us in Matthew eighteen fifteen through 18, if your brother sins, go and show him his fault in private. If he listens to you, you have won your brother. But if he does not listen to you, take one or two more with you, so that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every fact may be confirmed. If he listens to them, oh wait, if he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. In other words, whatever we do on earth, if we're binding something, keeping it under control, it's under control in heaven. If we're loosing something, doing something, maybe we should not be doing, it can be loosed in heaven. What do you want to see happen in heaven? You see what I'm saying? So, talking about believers, not unbelievers. But keep in mind the word also tells us in Galatians 6.1, Brethren, even if anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. In other words, we need to be gentle with other people when we're correcting them because chances are we've done the same thing. How would you want to be corrected for it? Taya talked about that as well. When we're when we're when we're correcting someone, gentleness, and we're going to get that to that too, because I looked up some of the other words in, the, in 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 the dictionary. But but it also says looking to ourselves so that we won't be tempted, or as I'm saying, because we've probably done it. Galatians six four, but each one must examine his own work. And then he will have reason for boasting in regard to himself alone and not in regard to another. We're also taught in Romans 15, 1 through 7. Now, we who are strong ought to bear with the weaknesses or the ignorance of those without strength and not just please ourselves. Each of us is to please his neighbor for his good. So long as we're not sinning in the process for his neighbor's good to his edification for even Christ did not please himself but as it is written the reproach, re- reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me for whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction so that through perseverance <coughs> excuse me <coughs> so that through perseverance and the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope Now may the God who gives perseverance and encouragement grant you to be of the same mind with one another according to Christ Jesus, so that with one accord you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, accept one another, just as Christ also accepted us to the glory of God. This scripture will also tie in with the next message I'll be doing in two weeks. I'm going to end with this scripture, okay? It's something to think about through the week next week. Because it really, really ties in. It's First Thessalonians, and I'm sorry if it was short, guys. But like I said, my sermon got deleted. So, <coughs> <coughs> deleted. Okay, First Thessalonians five twelve through eighteen. But sometimes these kind of sermons should be a little shorter because we don't want to just pound you. We just want you to let it soak in little by little. So, First Thessalonians five twelve through eighteen says, "But we request a, we request of you, brethren, that you appreciate those who diligently labor among you and have charge over you in the Lord, and give you instruction, and that you esteem each them very highly in love because of their work." That's so you guys don't attack me. I'm just the messenger. Okay. Live in peace with one another. We urge you, brethren, admonish the unruly, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with everyone. See that no one repays evil for evil, but always seek after that which is good, good for one another and for all people. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I looked up the word admonish as well because that is a term of correction. And um, I can't, because my sermon's gone, I can't remember the exact words, but the term was it for uh, was to give advice against or to gently, mildly, So get that the world mild the word mildly correct was in that admonish okay <coughs> so these are things that I want you to think about for the next time I won't be preaching next week but the week after um, and like I said it's going to be about the power of the tongue it's going to be about how how can we use we can use scripture to correct people instead of our own. Nasty words that come out of our heads because of maybe our pain, or our insecurities, or whatever. Um, so uh, that's 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 all I have for you guys. Okay. Does anybody have any questions?